You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Don't be all else to me, save that thou art. Would you join me for a word of prayer as we begin? Lord, how blessed are we by this season of renewed energy and spiritual vigor, a time to commit ourselves ever more fully to you. We ask for your blessing as we receive now your word, and as we reflect upon it, we trust in your promise that the Holy Spirit would recall to mind all that you have taught, that by your word you would draw us ever closer to you and make us more completely your people. This we ask in your precious name, for you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. So our readings today from Holy Scripture outline in broad strokes the unfolding of God's plan of salvation. In the Genesis text, we see the promise whereby the people of God are established. In the Ephesians text, we see the means by which the people of God are expanded. And in our gospel text, we see how the people of God are to be preserved. By pure promise are the people of God created out of nothing. By a promise of God given to a wandering Aramean. And then the people of God are expanded, not only beyond the bounds of ethnic Israel, but expanded by the preaching of the gospel of the cross of Christ, whereby we are all reconciled to God. And then the people of God are preserved when we learn to live with each other as God has chosen to live with us. By the forgiveness of the sins of others. See, God forgives our sin. And so we are called to forgive others. That the unity of the people may be preserved. God is always about creating a people, not merely a person. While the call of God is always a personal call, he addresses God, Abram by name. He addresses Abram for the sake of the people he is about to create through his promise. The call is personal, it's not individual. In fact, the name Abram means exalted father. And that represents Terah's hope for his son. Can you imagine looking at your kid in the cradle and saying, Exalted Father, that's his name. That's what Terah hoped for his son. By receiving the promise of God, he becomes Abraham, which means father of a multitude. The cruel irony of having a name like Exalted Father when in your old age you have no children becomes the blessing that your children will not be able to be numbered like the stars or like the sand on the seashore. 
God's call to us as persons is always a call into and for the sake of the people of God that He wishes to preserve. We are preserved, as Jesus reminds us in this section of the Sermon on the Mount, part of which, of course, is the Lord's Prayer. We are preserved by full reliance on God in everything. One of my youth uh, workers I used to work with over the years used to put frog on everything, full reliance on God. We're even to rely on God for our daily bread, that He might not lead us into temptation. In big things and small, we utterly rely on God. And then, we pray that He forgives our trespasses as we forgive the trespasses of others. This is what preserves community in the midst of the beautiful diversity in which God has made all of us. My late sister-in-law and I were very close, but we argued about a lot of things. Now, I'm going to say something that's going to offend 50% of the room, so don't throw things at me. I don't like the song Imagine by John Lennon. It's a standing joke in the family. <laughs> My sister-in-law was shocked when she found that out because it was one of her favorite songs, and she said, you know, why not? I said, the opening line is, Imagine there's no heaven. How do you think the pastor of the family is going to feel about that? <laughs> has become something of a secular international anthem. It's been played at at least two Olympic Games now. It's shown up in the opening ceremonies. And it, I think it's popular because it tells us a story about ourselves we love to hear. That if we were all just left alone, we would all be good people and hold hands and there would be peace and harmony in the world. It views us as inherently good rather than tragically flawed which is what the Christian story is. Marred by sin. Bound to it. Captive to it. That's why it's never been anything but the imagination of John Lennon. As our world has forgotten the Christian story here in the West, as and I say forgotten because not just because there's fewer people in church, but because it used to be that everyone knew the story even if they didn't believe it. Has the world gotten more peaceful? Was the 20th century less bloody than the centuries that came before it? Have we all just held hands and sung together? Or have we devolved into factions? Each of us pursuing our own agenda and forming temporary alliances with others who share our agenda for the moment, but tomorrow I'm going to cancel them because they're no longer on my agenda. The factionalism in our country has become so great that pundits of both the far left and the far right are saying, I shouldn't even say far left and far right, on the left and on the right, are saying we are closer to open civil war than we have ever been since Lee surrendered at Appomattox. Everyone is choosing their little faction, pursuing their own aims, what Hobbes called the war of all against all.
We are tragically flawed. And we need a story that has a higher allegiance in our minds than the story of just me and my desires and my wants. When that story isn't the true story, it serves as a template for authoritarianism and worse totalitarianism as it did all throughout the 20th century. But when it is the true story of God's salvation in Jesus Christ, which we are required to live out in the community of faith, offering and practicing forgiveness until it becomes our way of living, that doesn't usher forth that doesn't usher forth in land grabs and killing fields and horrors. We are called into the people of God. We are called personally. God knows each of us by name, but we are called into connection with the community of faith because that is where we learn to be like Christ. And to reject the community of faith is to reject salvation itself. We are not intended to pursue salvation alone. In this small catechism, Martin Luther, talking about the work of the Holy Spirit in our midst, reflecting on the third article of the Creed, says that the Holy Spirit calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies us with the whole Christian church on earth. It is the community of faith that tells us the story of the gospel. My own conversion is an example of this. I came to believe in God reading books and walking in the woods. I had to learn the story of Jesus, which is the gospel, from someone else who told it to me. And they were a part of the church. We're called through the story of the gospel. We are gathered into the community that told us that story. And then we're enlightened. We grow in our knowledge of the word of God and his will for our lives. So that we better can tell the story. And then we're sanctified. Made holy. Our way of life is reformed again and again and again and again. As it becomes more and more like the person of Jesus Christ. That can't happen without other people around to test your virtue, let's say. Lisa and I, were our first apartment, were our kitchen, we measured it the one time, two and a half feet by five? Yeah. It was literally the hallway between our bedroom and our living room with a sink on one side and a stove. Learning to cook a Thanksgiving dinner in a kitchen that size will teach you something. <laughs> we bumped elbows a lot, we spilled a lot, we stepped on each other's toes a lot. <laughs> but we learned to work together. And that is the way the church functions too. Virtue untested is vanity. And God would not have us live in vanity. We only become fully Christian in the context of the people of God, as challenging as that can be sometimes. The same way we only become human in the context of the human family. 
The studies of what are called feral children by social scientists prove this. Saturday Mithyane was one of them. He was found in South Africa along the, I think it's called the Tagela River in 1983. Found by some uh, villagers because he had broken his leg. He behaved like the monkeys that lived along the river. And apparently, he'd been living with them for some time. He was, of course, immediately taken into protective custody and placed in a special home. They named him Saturday because that was the day they found him on. And Ethel Mithiane was the woman who had founded this school for kids with special needs, and she decided this kid needed a last name. He needed the dignity of a last name, so she gave him her own. And they tried hundreds and hundreds of hours of socialization and speech therapy and all kinds of things to try and rebuild this kid's sense of being a human being, and it failed. Ten years after he was found, she was interviewed by the British press, and she said, well, when he first got here, he would just beat the other kids, and at least we've stopped that, as he fought for the food. He still steals food. He prefers raw red meat. He won't eat the stuff we cook. If you give him a piece of fruit, he takes a bite and throws it away and runs, and then he comes back and collects it later when no one's looking. And he would escape through the windows, and, and they just had trouble keeping track of him, even though he walked with a terrible limp because his bone had partially set by the time they found him. When he died in a fire in 2005, he died essentially with the same level of mental development he had when they found him. Able to learn simple commands the same way your dog can but unable to use the faculty of speech whereby we grasp the world in more than a concrete way. A baby can point what they want. An adult or even a young child starts to speak what they want and so begins to master the world in a larger way. This was supposed to be his birthright as a human being. And because he was raised outside of the human community, it never developed. It's the same way for us as Christians if we don't live in the Christian community. Christopher Stendhal, the great Reformed theologian, said, you can acquire everything in solitude except character. We are called not just through the gospel to the forgiveness of our sins, but to the acquisition of a Christ-like character. And you won't get to that unless you practice the forgiveness of sins. You better give someone the chance to sin against you. We're called to that kind of life in and with and for the people of God. And then through the work of the people of God to the world. This is the blessing God has in store for us in the gospel and the promise to which we hold. Will you join me for a word of prayer? <sighs> Gracious Lord Jesus, we look upon you and the Father and the Holy Spirit and know you as one God, three persons in eternal community. And you call us through the gospel to overcome the isolation into which sin has cast us. 
that we might be restored to a community that truly and deeply feeds us and in which we can flourish. Strengthen us in our Lenten commitments. Unite us ever more deeply with your people that forgiving and being forgiven, we may know that very life, which is the language of heaven. This we pray in your name. Amen. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me, save that thou art. Be thou my best thought in the day and the night. Waking or sleeping, thy presence my light.